This episode of Wishers Breakaway is brought to you by the shitty Wi-Fi at the Westgate, where I'm recording in Las Vegas. Our Patreon subscribers, as always, TickPick, the number one place for tickets, hashtag no fees. And also, if this weekend you're available... The Jim Mill in New York City. Greg and I will be doing our 200th live episode with Bullishers Banter. You can get tickets on my Twitter, Orion Mead. It's the pinned tweet. It's the Eventbrite. It's five bucks. Come see us. Come drink with us and come hang out. All right, let's get to Mark Messier and the theme song before we get to a podcast, which is, um, good? All right, here we go. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one range of podcasts. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, as per always, Greg Kaplan. Gregory, say hello. No. Not okay. Do that. Uh, I figured out the perfect name for the Kravstov Carl Kako line. Okay. Be careful. That's all I'm going to say. The problematic line. It's just, they cause a lot of problems for people playing against them. That's it. Yes, that's that's decent. That's half decent. I mean, we'll never see that line again, probably, right? Oh, well, right. At least not. But I, I can't make this joke like you know more than just this week. So I just figured I'd shoot the dart out there right away. Uh, what, uh, what, about, what about what um, about what about struck out the side? Ooh, I do like struck out the side. Both contenders uh, punch them out. Mm, that's got, too much. Got got them swinging. Because the uh, I think struck out is a swing and strikeout. I think struck out the side is better than that. The problematic line is good too. Yeah, I think those are both good. Okay. We're we're big nickname guys. Hijack recently, pretty good. Uh, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. This week we will not have a guest. I am in Las Vegas and I'm having the least fun anyone's ever had in Las Vegas. Well, that's probably not true because I haven't lost any money. But the least fun without gambling. Let's put it that way. What, no, uh, no fun Uber rides to tell us about this week. So I had an Uber ride with this guy named Antonius Snow. He's a real estate agent and an artist on YouTube. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm done. Thanks. But I had a great time. Uh, I've been working my ass off like 12 hour days here and we're just doing the podcast and I'm very happy to be doing it because today the Lord and Savior made his debut at Traverse City. I couldn't be more excited. And what a way to celebrate a debut by with three assists and an overtime winning goal. Probably with one of my favorite quotes in sports history off the rip, uh, which is my coach told me not to pass two years ago, so I didn't. Like, I just, I, like, Kako, I don't know what you're doing to me right now, but it's it's going to be hard to make me love you more than you already do, and you somehow keep finding ways for me to do that. So praise be, praise be, praise be. Is this where I interject? Do you want you want me to say words now? Uh, that was a pregnant pause where I was uh, gotcha, uh, ov- gotcha. ovulating for you. Oh, oh my. You know, I Twitter today said don't make sexual jokes. I'm so sorry. That's what I did. 2019. Whatever anyone wants to say. I mean, fuck it. The amount of times I've said six to midnight in response to just about anything in my life. Uh, probably the, probably said the term more time than I've gotten actually erect. So I don't know. Just do it. Do whatever makes you happy, guys. That's really. I don't know. Someone called me a stalker a bunch of times, and I'm not. So, yeah. or am she's, I? She's a wiener. Um, <laughs> oh, we mentioned her. Wow, good. I didn't um, say her name. I don't that's know. true. I don't, I don't know. She she was a bit of a stalker. So, interesting her. podcast this week. But yes, uh, Cabo Coco makes his debut, and yeah, I, uh, what I wanted to say. You so, right, uh, 
Kako and Kravtsov oh. play in the top oh. line. And, oh. are, you, are you dying? No, I was uh, making the noises I made when I watched the gifts when I was working. Oh, my God. My customers were looking at me. Or Do you not customers. get arrested? Oh. Oof. I mean, it's ah. Vegas. It's not the weirdest <laughs> thing anyone's ever heard at a convention, I guess. No, they were serving uh, beer at my convention. People were just giving out free beer to bring them to their booth. What a good idea. That's a solid idea. I'm assuming you didn't do that. Well, yeah, come on. You think we're smart? No, I'm not going to name my company name. <laughs> you work for him, so it can't be that. <laughs> uh, yeah, any, anyway, anyway, back back to the point we were making here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw everything we wanted to see from a line that included Kako and Kravtsov, right, which is that they dominated and they created plenty of scoring opportunities. And uh, as you said, Kako had four points, which is check, check, and check. And I think the game before that, Adam Fox had five points. Everything's everything's going up great. I the people well, who were just side, shitting side on note, Igor. Just, well, we'll get to Igor in a second. Side note: yeah. I had to explain to one of my bosses today what points were in hockey. And he was uh-huh. like, "Wait a second. So if you have an assist and a you point, have like score, I have two bosses. Yeah, uh-huh. one's a good boss. I have, I have a good boss, bad boss situation. But there's uh-huh. one real, real boss. But it's it's a weird thing. Anyway, bad boss is a real, real boss. Uh. Pretty much, I was like, he was like, wait a second. So an assist is a point, and scoring as a goal is a point. Shouldn't assist be worth like point five because you didn't score the goal? And I was like, I can't get into this right now. I can't. But he's had four points. He's like, what's the record for points in a game? And I actually didn't know. And I didn't look it up either. So someone tweeted me. I'm um, sure Gretzky has like a nine point game somewhere. That's what I was thinking. He had to have. It's like yeah. God has just have happened. I'll Google it as as we go through here. But the the Igor talk went too far. Just day one, it was like that guy owned owned the KHL for years, and to have one bad game with where he has a lot of bad defensemen, as Sands Adam Fox really in front of him, is to uh, is really mean towards uh, Mister. Well, it's Igor. it's just it's basic. It's a glorified scrimmage. Like, it's just really there's nothing as fun as it was to see Kako and Fox. And Kravtsov play well the last two games. It means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. The most important thing that happened in this in this uh, tournament was nobody got seriously hurt. I think Rykov got dinged up, which is not exactly great for business. But from what I understand, nobody got seriously injured, and that's basically the only takeaway you could have from Traverse City. Now, are we partially no, responsible there's, there's for? More takeaways. No, I really don't think so, Ryan. Well, for me, there's the the takeaways are this. Uh, What I wanted to see was Fox and Kako look like professional hockey players and be way better than everyone else on the ice, and they were by a lot. And that that was exactly what I was looking for. I wanted them to dominate against lesser competition, and they did. That and that that was my takeaway. They're just as good as advertised. It's going to be a whole different game during the preseason, during camp. And during actual NHL games, of course, because they're going to be playing up to players of more of their caliber. But, but at, at the same time, that that gives credence to the argument that if someone struggled in this tournament, that would be a a red flag. And that's just not the case. Igor did look good the rest of the tournament. He can you can have an off day, even if, even if you look bad in every start, it just doesn't fucking matter. That's the point. My favorite part was that Kako in his post game interview, where you know he has the famous "now uh, don't don't pass an overtime" quote, is. He was like, yeah, you know, new – anytime you play the first game of season, I played very poorly. Bad guy had four points. He played, and he still thinks he played poorly, which he – admittedly, he struggled at points during this game, so he could have had more than that. So I I get where you're coming from with the Igor, and that means it would give credence to the ability of – or not the ability, the uh, the verification, rather, uh, that it, it, it would mean something. 
But Igor has proved himself over and over again that I can kind of throw that performance out. It's not a big deal. But to watch Adam Fox absolutely dominate and look like an absolute – I said absolute twice there. But it, an NHL stud on the ice, it, it, it means something to me. It's just not nothing. I don't even think he looked like an NHL. He's just he way a, better. He had a good offensive game. I don't think we can learn anything about Adam Fox's performance from this tournament either. Because all, all he did was everything we expected him to do. He didn't do anything spectacular. He did – he made junior players look like junior players, which, sure, I guess that gives, like, the smallest of gold stars humanly possible. But even Adam – if Adam Fox didn't score a single point this entire tournament, it doesn't mean anything. It's oh, like – cut out there, Gregory. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just angry at you. That's hey. all it is. Oh, you cut out there for a second. Yeah, yeah well, I'm still mad at you. that out. Now okay. I'm even mad at – now I'm, I'm even angrier at you. No, even it's, angrier. It's just like – it's just Mike Trout goes 0 for 2 in his first spring training game. Is that supposed to fucking mean something? No, not at all. If, if, if Mike Trout goes 0 for 2 in any spring training game, is that supposed to mean anything? No, probably not. Uh, we, would, we would say something along the lines natural of – Natural God. We would say something along the lines of, hey, he's just trying to get his timing down, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it means even less than a baseball spring training game. It means even less than the preseason games these guys are about to play. I don't think that – Yes, I, I will, like, I, of course, you want to see Fox put up five points and Kako put up four points in singular efforts. That is great. At the same time, whether they did or didn't do that, it just doesn't mean anything. And I, I maybe, maybe. But it no, means something to on, me because it's, on, it's hold fun. On, hold on. It's, hold on. okay, I'll, I'll hold no, but, you, Gregory. No, no, no. But I, I think you can even point fingers at people like us, maybe not us directly, but people like us for saying, for being Other hyped for this tournament. That- your Rangers do? Yeah. Just maybe maybe being too excited for this tournament. Maybe we should have just been like, eh, cool. Whatever. Like it- No man. I I'm not doing that. Because I cover this team. It's fun for me. I'm excited as hell. It this is the most excited I've been about Rangers hockey in years. We're all anticipating it. It's the youth movement. We're number one on every single ranking for prospects, which I still don't understand. And we'll get to the prom and rankings in a couple minutes, I'm assuming. But so just enjoy and watch the fruits of our labors, our labors, our suffering, rather, uh, our come suffering. out here. We suffered. We had a, a, we had a, a rough and 16 half. months. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty great. I want to talk about suffering. I, I come on this podcast every week and talk to you about suffering. About what? What's it, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> the, the New York Knicks. <laughs> I come oh. on here every week and complain about the New York Knicks. Uh, listen, uh, he's, Frankie's going to no, I, I don't know, dude. It's just – Everyone got. I, I, I see I got where you're really... coming from, but I'm part of this problem, and I'm fully endorsing it. I'm pumped to be excited about Capo Caco. I started the goddamn church about him. It, praise be, praise be. No, yeah, I did. I, I don't did. think people true. got upset. Some people liked it. We sold some merch. We have new merch coming soon. Praise be. Um, and uh, I just want to see him perform. It, it, like to come out in your first game and perform like that just just means something to me, no matter what. Even in the long run, I've learned nothing. I knew Caco was good at hockey. I knew he was the Lord and Savior. I gushed about it. I made inappropriate noises in public in Vegas. And yet I'm still pumped about it, and I want other people to be excited too because that gets me excited about the sport, and that's what I want to happen. That's cool. You need to take a fucking cold shower. You need to – whatever you're doing in Vegas, you need to do less of it is what I'm saying. Work? Yeah, I'd love to do less of it because that's all I've been doing. So uh, the the city tournament's fun. I think there's one more game we're recording. Uh, right now it's 8.55 p.m. Eastern uh, for Gregory. A little bit late for, for us recording, but we won't be recording after the second one, so there's that. Uh, 
Any other takeaways from the for the tournament? Because I'm assuming no is for you. Zero. No, zero I, have, I have zero takeaway. I'm just ready for I'm ready for a training camp because I'm ready. I just remember training camp's a hilarious time, dude. Do you remember? I mean, I'm sure you do, because mm-hmm. it, it just became a meme afterwards. But training camp is when we were first introduced to Adam Clendenning. And I remember us having a whole podcast when the Rangers released their lines and pairings for the first training camp game. We saw Adam Clendenning on the top pairing and you and I came on the podcast and we were like, here's an example of why these lines don't mean anything because here's Adam Clendenning getting top pairing minutes. And it it just like, that was our introduction to the meme that became Clenny. Uh, And I'm excited to do that again with like stupid shit. Like we're going to get games. Oh man. I'm just trying to think of what's the most ridiculous thing in the world. I'm sure there's going to be a game where Ryan Strom is on the top line centering like our Temi Panarin. And people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? And it's just a reminder to everyone that spring training rules, buddy. Anything goes. People are hitting in weird spots. People that will never play in certain positions are playing in certain positions. Rookies are going to get time that have no business getting. We're going to see it. There will be at least one game where Tim Gettinger is on the second line. And there's no scenario where Tim Gettinger is going to be a top six center for the New York Rangers in the year 2019. I have one preseason request from the Rangers, and that is that Greg McKegg centers Artemi Panarin on the first line for one game. I would but love see, that so fucking much. At the same time, I almost rather McKegg just play with bottom six guys to see if he can hold his own with them. Because oh yeah, for for actual hockey reasons, yes, Gregory, I would like that. For no, no, content no, like, and say, meme say, reasons, say if McKegg is playing strictly with the Vlad Nemestikovs of the world. I think that's a better indication that the Rangers actually see value in him and are trying mm. to see if he will fit with them. Whereas if he's playing with Artemi Panarin, he's literally just doing that because the Rangers don't want to play Zibanejad for a night and they need an organizational filler to take. You that took spot. my joke and made like serious analysis that. Yeah, that's what I'm Which here is... to fucking do, bro. <laughs> bro, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, so it is interesting tired. how we're what less than a week away now from training camp and Lemieux and D'Angelo still haven't signed. Do you think yeah. they sign before camp starts? Probably not. I think they sign in the middle of camp. I think Lemieux signs. Okay. I, I think either way they both get signed. I don't think well, it I think I think Lemieux happens first because I don't know what Lemieux I, – I, I know what Lemieux's holding out for. And respect. Respect. Go get your money, kid. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Buddy. Get your money. It's fucking, it's fucking sports. Hold on. I got a burp coming. Are you going to burp this one? Okay. Yeah, I'm trying. Do, 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 no, you know what? I think I, think I talked my way through it. That's pretty good. Yes. That's pretty anyway. Good. Uh, uh, Lemieux, D'Angelo, like neither of them have any leverage, right? We've, we've talked about this before. We have. Lemieux has even less leverage because Lemieux just plays the most replaceable position in all of hockey, which is bottom six, like winger. Everyone is a bottom six winger at some point in time, basically. I'm always bottom, baby. Lemieux, Lemieux's not a big factor in the Rangers penalty kill and he's not going to be a big factor in their power play. So he's literally a 5v5 bottom six forward right now. Mm-hmm. So the Rangers are probably sitting there and I'm like, bro, you want to sign? No, that's cool. It It's only going to hurt Lemieux to hold out into training camp, right? Because he needs this training camp, his first with the New York Rangers, to show them that he's more than just a bottom six winger. He needs this training camp to be his coming out party, even if it's against – other teams' second units. He needs to show the Rangers that he can be more than just a hashtag gritty 
a hashtag sandpaper hey, type player, right? We're not promoting, needs, we're not promoting Philly here, buddy. He needs, he needs this training camp in the worst way to be the Brandon Lemieux show. Tony D'Angelo, at least for this season, understands that he's pretty important to the New York Rangers. We, we talked about it last week about how maybe long term Tony D'Angelo is a non-factor in the New York Rangers bigger picture here. But mm-hmm. for the 2019-2020 season, Tony D'Angelo is a top four defenseman for the Rangers. If if not by talent, then just by de facto his status on the team. Lemieux doesn't have that. That's why I think Lemieux signs first, because Lemieux is playing for ice time. D'Angelo, while he's always technically playing for ice time, because I feel like he's always going to have something he needs to prove to David Quinn, the Rangers have at least made it clear that D'Angelo has a prominent and important role to play. I mean, think about it. It's true. Who? I, I, I guess you could make an argument. I, if I'm the Rangers, I'm not necessarily, and I, we both know David Quinn well enough to know. We do. I think we've, we've not, known a lot about his tendencies for, by yeah, now. At he's, least. he's not going to gift Adam Fox power play time, right? Adam Fox is going to have to earn it. Dude, the, and if Quinn's not going to gift anything to anybody. You're, right. You know the, the most angry I'll be all year. And I just want to point this out right now. The angriest they will be all year is when Kako's on the fourth line. It'll happen. It's going to happen. We, we're, we I will warned be people pissed. it's going to happen. I will be pissed. There will if Kako no, gets benched, I'll throw a fit. Like, yeah, but at the same time, you're going to be thrilled when there's a line of crafts off McKeg and Kako. You're going to lose your mind. I will actually lose my mind. That sounds that, like that's, that sounds like the perfect line for you. Fuck I will Kako go into the – I will go into the confession box when that happens. And yeah, I will, fuck, I will, fuck, I will tell the truth. Fuck Kako playing with Panarin. You want to see McKeg? You want oh. to see Gregory McKeggery? If I could get a setting up, if I can get a McKeg party. Kako. Wait, what's the nickname for that line? <laughs> McKeg, McKeg, <laughs> chicken McKeggies. <laughs> oh, uh, keep thinking. We'll think on this one. Okay. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> this podcast sucks. I'm trying I'm to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like really bad. Like, remember when, uh, Mankind and The Rock teamed up and they were the Rock and Sock connection? That was against Stone Cold, wasn't it? I, th- I don't know if it was against him. I, I believe he hit but, him with a chair. But okay. There's gotta be, oh, you're kidding me? Stone Cold hits home with a chair? No fucking way. No, Holy they hit shit. him with a chair. That can't Whatever. be possible. Yeah. They, anyway, Stone Cold's the best. Anyway, the, the whole, we got to this point in the conversation of how Gregory McKegory is going to be centering crap stuff and cackle by saying, Lemieux has a lot to gain by showing up to training camp on time and earning a roster spot. I just, I don't think it, whatever leverage D'Angelo has, he's penciled in right now as a Ranger top four defenseman and probably the quarterback of the second power play unit. I, maybe that second play power play, second power play unit position is tenuous considering Fox is here. A but Russian, tr- a keg and a prophet walk into a bar. No. Okay. You've keep done, going. You've done better. It's it's just whatever leverage D'Angelo has, it's that the Rangers really need him to be ready to go opening night. Whereas mm. Lemieux, while he probably what what are the what what's the percent chance Brandon Lemieux doesn't break camp with the New York Rangers? Is it less than five percent? I actually the the number I had in my head was five percent when you said before you said that. Yeah, that's so where I landed. The odds of him breaking camp with Hartford slim, but the odds of him, the only way he has a more prominent, significant role with the New York Rangers. And if there's ever a season 
where there's a chance to get top six minutes with the Rangers, it's this one, right? Because like yep. we said, Kako and Kraftsov are going to have to earn it. Uh, we have no idea what Heedle is going to be, whereas either him playing center or him playing wing. Uh, Chris Kreider is a domino that is eventually going to fall, even if it doesn't fall right away. There will be an opportunity for Lemieux to get actual potential top six minutes on this Rangers team this year. The only way he's going to really start heading that direction is by going to camp on time. That's why I think Lemieux signs first. No leverage. You know, needs to prove it to himself. He needs this more than the Rangers need him. Let's put it that way. We could definitely say that. Um, but Gregory. Yeah. It, it's time. Did you know where you can watch Brennan Lemieux play if he signs? At MSG, that's right. And do you know how you get tickets to MSG, Gregory? Oh, I saw what you, I, no, I didn't see this one coming. That's interesting. I know. A little surprise. It's, that's right. It's time for our sponsored ad read from TickPick. TickPick is the go-to marketplace for all Rangers tickets. They have the best deals and they do not, and I repeat this, they do not tack on additional service fees. Uh, Ryan, you save up if to, you don't mind, yes? let me interject. I okay. can confirm that they don't do that. Thank you so much. Actually, we had someone write to us this week on Reddit during our when we posted our thread. They said, this is from Sidwith, and they had told me how to pronounce their name. Thank you so much. I couldn't be more thrilled that you guys are partnering with TickPick. Me either, to be honest. The money's pretty good. Thanks, TickPick. I, I just like money. Same. Uh, so many people are sponsored by other ticket websites. Eh. And whenever I tried to use them, they were charging me tons in service charges. I, I wanted to, before we finish reading this, I did not pay this guy to say it. Um, or girl. I tried to buy Ranger tickets from SeatGeek. Oh, no. Uh, for last season for four <laughs> tickets at 80 each. And the service fees were 20 bucks per ticket. Are you kidding me? Been using TickPick ever since, and I swear by it. Thanks, Sidwith, for writing that in. If you want to write in your TickPick experience, we will use it as an ad read. I'm not kidding. We will, I we owe, just I owe a couple, I actually owe a couple people stickers too. And I bought, I just want to say, I bought stamps today. Okay. This, this part of the podcast com. not brought not to you by stamps.com. <laughs> Both of us. Uh, wow, we're so trained. <laughs> Monk, like monkeys. I don't have a printer, so I physically need to go someplace to buy stamps. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Here's a question for you, Ryan. Yeah, before we go, uh, TickPick is 100% verified for any sports concert or show. TickPick.com. Tweet at us. All right. There we go. We're done. Is, is there a bigger scam in the, this country than stamps? Woo! Uh, compound interest. Uh, Probably healthcare. We're not going to get into this. <laughs> it's just, I find it, it's, it's weird that like, I mean, they make you buy the forever stamp. Why even offer a not forever stamp option? That's a good point. Like, I don't, shouldn't they all be forever stamps? Why do right. they have ex- expirations? Well, why do they have expirations? It, it's, it's a fucking trap. So just don't tell me that it costs what? What does it cost these days? 42 cents? To mail something, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Day, back in my day, right? I remember when it was just thirty. I bought a loaf of bread and a and a gallon of milk and mailed the whole house full of new. So what I got, that, I got like, I got like fucking twenty two stamps for eleven dollars. Just call it a fifty cent fucking stamp. We're all happy. Nobody knows how much a stamp actually fucking costs. Everyone just buys the forever stamp. Stamps.com employ us already. Jesus. Free advertising. It's a fucking scam. That's all I'm saying. Was Stamps.com the first ever podcast sponsor in like ever in history for all podcasts? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first rule about mail is it has to be first. Otherwise, it doesn't fucking matter. Like that's true. What what do people really, besides lunatics like us who mail people stickers that say resting booch face on them? Uh, (laughs) yeah. What, what, who, what's the last item you mailed that wasn't 
uh, like for Patreon oh. subscribers, where you can go right now to bluechurchbreakaway.com. Uh, uh, Patreon slash bluechurchbreakaway. Look at this. Look at this. this is called oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I just put my finger guns away. Um, yeah, the last item I mailed that wasn't for our Patreon subscribers, uh, and not back to Amazon for things I'm returning. It, it was um, like it was, for me, it was like a bill. Like I, I think I owed going back to the your second scam healthcare. Like I think I owed a copay. So I, I don't I, think I've ever like mailed something outside of like back to Amazon or like a package to one of our subscribers. I can't remember. That's insanity. You've mailed something. Maybe like a care package to somebody. What are like? No, I don't care about anybody. I don't, I don't think that happened. Did you hand put <laughs> hand pick the items you put in the care package? You didn't just send. Something I think I sent Amazon? like a birthday card to somebody. Think so? Tip, tip your mailman is really what this comes down to because apparently you've tipped your mailman. You don't tip your mailman. I've never oh, even heard of this process. Ryan, oh my god! Wait, I'm not kidding. kidding. No, I'm oh. not. Is this Ryan? A thing? This is why you don't mail. This you probably don't get your mail. Okay, yes, I got you. Absolutely, you tip your mailman and you tip your your garbage people at, at the holidays. I've tipped you my garbage always people tip before because I've tip, definitely tipped my garbage people. I've, I've given them twenty for sure. Rain or sleet or snow, that motherfucker is coming to your house to give you bullshit that you I'm don't even take want. shit again. I want to make this. I, I took some shit for saying some tip stuff last week. My mom was a waitress and I lived my life off tips, but I didn't know. So I, I have all respect for tips. I over tip at restaurants, hardcore. I'm all about it. I'm not cheap in that way, but I did not know that people tip their mailman or mailwoman. I had no idea. Yeah, like, no clue. That's not good. Well. Congratulations. The reason why you don't send mail is because you actually only get 33% of your mail. Okay. Well, that explains oh, where all my packages are. Always tip your fucking mailman, bro. What is your I did not know. I've never even heard of this. Oh my. This will be our God. most like, response. Did you just think, did you just think like mail magically appears at your house? I thought it was there. Yeah, that got they paid a full salary and government benefits to deliver my mail. Yeah, yeah. you still fucking tip them, Ryan. You think uh, the, there are days where I'm sure you're probably standing in your house and you're like, ah, oh, I got to get the fucking mail, but it's fucking raining outside. Like, I want to go get my mail right now. How do you think that guy felt? He delivered it to an entire fucking city today. I, it's just like the code you you sign. You're like, yeah, I'm a mailman. This is what I'm doing. Tip your fucking mailman, bro. Oh, Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't know that what was is a your thing? problem? I do tip the garbage people for sure. That does happen. Oh my god! But yeah, but I never have. And it's never so really easy. All it. you do is you leave it in the mailbox. They're going in there anyway, and you go, I, I, Mister or Mrs. Mailman. I'm thrilled to hear. Merry Christmas, back. Happy People Holidays. Responses for this, if they do it or not, I'm I probably gonna get roasted. Up. I, I never, I never thought of this. Oh my god! You're a Neanderthal. Who Kako, raised forgive you? Me. The, Kako, folks, this is mother. why you need two. Pa- this right here is why you need oh, two. Pair don't apples. you fucking do that. <laughs> I blame if you father. had a father, you would know. <laughs> I blame him. Hi, Dad. That's fair. That's fair. He's John never listening. Uh, what? Get the hell out of this podcast. <laughs> All right. Speaking of John Franco, uh, yeah. I want to point yeah. out that uh, Kako probably will be changing his number. I know people ask me all the time, like, will he change his number? What, ha- other, what information do you have that he's probably changing? I don't, but o- other people have changed their numbers before camp. I, I think I saw um, our good friends yeah. over at Blue Shirts Banter. Mike uh, tweeted out that I believe Stepan changed his number as soon as he got to training camp. Other people sure. had different numbers. You're um, just hoping I, praying right now, bro. I really can't have him be 45. I will accept it. I will learn to love, but I got it. It's going to hurt. It's gonna, and I know life wants to throw me through this trial. Um, yeah. so I understand. I just man, also want to that, point out that Franco's first number was 31, which is Igor's number. Oh, God. I hate John Franco. I just <laughs> hate him. I just hate him. I'm getting him on this podcast one day. I, cause he's every time I go to a Ranger game, which I guess was like four or five times last year, every single time they go to the scoreboard. 
John Franco's here. And I'm like, why? Why is he here every single time? For people that know what we're talking about, when I was a kid, just real quick recap, I was walking out of a Mets game with my father, who previously was mentioned, and John Franco was talking to a woman, and I pretty much went over to him. I was like, can you sign my ball? And he was like, get out of my face. <laughs> so uh don't really have a great relationship with John Franco. So there you go. Meanwhile, uh, my relationship, perfect. It's fine. He grew tomatoes in the garden at Chase Stadium. He's great. Great man. Did he? Did he really? Uh yeah, let's real thing. Let's uh, talk about one. Uh, speaking of great relationships, nice transition. Oh, uh, our good friend Rick Carpinello broke some serious news this week. What, that he used a uh, Taylor Swift quote in his Rangers article today? No, but that's pretty timely by him. McGuire, uh, uh, broken by Rick Carpinello, no longer. Well, well he's still, still, so it, yeah, still available. He's, he's still, still going to – well, it's not just – he's still going to do NBCSN games. He's just not going to be – he's not going to be on the main crew anymore. That's good. It's just, it's nice. Yeah, we've talked about this before, and it, it, it's it's worth bringing up at least once every offseason, because what the fuck else do we have to talk about? Yeah, I mean, uh, Taco was pretty good today. I mean, that was it remains fun. It remains mind-boggling to me that NBC Sports, which is home to their, their the big Premier three. League. The big three is the Premier League, the NHL, and, of course, Sunday Night Football, right? They have oh, Al Michaels for Sunday Night Football, who's probably the GOAT. What? If not the GOAT, one of the three most storied broadcasters we currently have calling sports at this very moment, right? So, like, Anytime the, he's the on big, a podcast and he tells stories, I'm, like, melting. They're the, all the big, incredible. The big four is probably what? Al Michaels, Joe Buck, um, Marv Albert still calling NBA games. And I love Doc. I know people dislike Doc a lot. But we'll, I, we'll get we'll get it, we'll get into we'll get into that next. Sidebar that, but probably okay. Bob Costas is number four, right? Yeah, Bob, Bob Costas is probably up there. And, yeah. and Bob still carries so. fucking weight. Like when Bob's on TV, it's important. We all admit it's important. Um, even if we don't agree with what he's saying, we're like, well, Bob Costas said it. Now we have to talk about it. That's so right. That that's probably the big four. So they clear. I mean, everybody gives a shit about football. Uh, but they, they care about their presentation. They care about the pregame and the postgame. They care about Dan Patrick. They care about Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. They give a shit. The Premier League. Soccer is on the rise in the U.S. in part because of NBC Sports' coverage of the Premier League. They put in so much time and effort into that product, into owning weekend mornings. I feel like Saturday mornings, we were always talking about ESPN College Game Day, getting ready for football again. But now the conversation seemingly has changed to mornings belong to NBC Sports because they make Saturday and Sunday mornings before football starts important with their with their soccer coverage. And it's a fantastic crew they have. They have Rebecca Lowe, Robbie Musso, Robbie Earl, Kyle Martino, hashtag uh, Staples record great Kyle Martino. He and I went to the same high school. No big fucking I know. Thing. I know none brothers. of these people. But I believe, uh, <laughs> I believe you. That but even, even then, so even if you don't know that, they have a yep. – NBC Sports has made an agreement with Sky Sports, which is one of the most the big recognizable one. soccer providers in England. So – NBC clearly gives a shit about how people beyond the U.S. and in the U.S. interact with their soccer product. They want it to be good. So why the fuck do they never give a shit about their hockey product? They don't give a fuck. They don't – well, they clearly don't give a fuck. We like Doc. We know that. But Jeremy Roenick well, I like is, Doc, is a talking fart. But not a lot fart. of people do. Jeremy Roenick is a talking fart. Mike Milbury is so fucking stupid that no hockey team will ever hire him again. Pierre Maguire, all Pierre Maguire knows is what fucking – Cousin finger banged Sidney Crosby's you cut out again, Gregory. Welcome back. He'll be back oh, in a second. I knew you will be. That's I know. I'm just I talking. Use, you got me now. 
You got me now? You hear me now? You hear me now? Okay, I, yeah, I, I hear you right now, but I want to just that, take this time. It really sucks that I cut out. Hold on, hold on. It really on. sucks that I cut out because I used the term figure bang and didn't get on okay. the podcast. Okay, uh, I want to just take this time for all those listening to thank the Westgate for uh, having a broken Ethernet cord in my hotel room, and I called them to complain about it, and, and they didn't give a shit. Uh, and so I'm on their shitty Wi-Fi, so uh, usually people who complain about auto quality to me, we fixed Greg's mic hopefully this week, and uh, this week we're cutting out a little bit because I'm on shitty hotel Wi-Fi. So my apologies. We'll be back to our normal schedule, shitty quality, next week. At the I just show. want to say that it cut out, as I said, the word finger bang in regards to a family member related to Sidney Crosby, and I'm a little upset that it's not going to be on the podcast. Anyway. I think it's better this way. I don't know. It was a great rant that I was in the middle of, and it just cut out. Any, but it's to the point. Mm-hmm. Their hockey coverage is shit. I like Catherine Tappan. Uh, I, lo- I like Liam McHugh, and they clearly give they clearly value Liam McHugh as well because they put him on their other sports. But the rest of their hockey coverage, Ryan, it's awful. It's fucking terrible. I like Doc. I like Kenny Albert. Like the, I, I, I didn't realize there were people that actually hated Doc Emmerich. That, that, that is news to me. Uh, I've always ad- admired Doc. He's one of the nicest people I've had the pleasure of meeting when I was an intern at MSG. I, uh, I think he calls a good hockey game. I, I love his enthusiasm and yeah, the way he, makes, he calls games. It makes it really exciting for me. Yeah, he makes he makes watching it more fun for me. And I I understand people who have problems with Joe Buck. I understand people who have problems with uh, ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball crews. Oh, but, the easiest thing to criticize ever is Sunday Night Baseball. It's it's just putting a ball on a tee. Really, it's too easy. Aha, baseball topical. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I I like Doc. I I don't understand the people that don't like Doc. But Doc isn't the point of this rant. It's the everything else. The fact that Jeremy Roenick is someone they considered a respectable voice in that room. Mike Milbury, fucking Mike Milbury, dumb fuck Mike Milbury. Wow, he's giving him titles. Milbury. We're so good at nicknames on this pod. Oh, I love bringing up Mike Milbury because he went to he went to Colgate, which is at the same time my dad did. And I like to remind my dad, who is very proud. Colgate alum and considers it one of the um, highest educational establishments in the entire Northeast. I remind him, is that true? It, uh, he, he he says it's very hard to get into Colgate. I counter it. Okay. Can't be that fucking hard. Mike Milbury went there, and That's he's he's got nothing. He's got nothing to say to me every time I say that. Uh, yeah, I just I'll never understand Ryan why they invest millions of dollars every year in live sports. They give such a big shit about football, as they should. They give such a big shit about soccer, which I think is great. They just don't give a shit about hockey. They really no. don't. I've never and, met and, anyone. And you want to know my counterpoint to this, Gregor? Do you know why they don't give a shit about hockey? Because almost – you can convince me that the NHL doesn't give a shit about hockey. Hey, the tweet, know, I, I'd have a hard time disagreeing. The tweet this week, which had the potential to be very funny, of the hockey players that were in black and white – with quotes next to them, like the get pucks deep, like get in the, let's get in the sauce or whatever it was. I didn't know who two of those players were. I knew who Austin Matthews was. I think I one of them was William, William Nylander was one of them. I, I, I think I knew Austin Matthews and Nylander. I didn't know the other two, I believe. I, I'd have to go back and look at that. I don't remember See, it. Like, the fact that I don't know who they were is an issue. And they were trying to make fun of themselves, and they did it in the worst way possible. So much so that the internet bullied them to deleting the tweet. Well, now, here's, a meme now here's here's the thing, that. Ryan. Here's the thing. Yeah. I legit don't know if they were trying to make fun of themselves. That's sad. That's actually sad. 
because there's one thing I'm really good at. It's making fun of myself and having some sort of self-awareness. And the NHL is a giant billion-dollar organization that needs to have this. Uh, you can hire social media people who are really good, who can promote your stars, who can get out there and start movements for you, who can say, wow, we should really be marketing these guys, like Connor McDavid, even though he's like really awkward. Like Austin Matthews, even though he is weird. Like These guys should be out there. And they're not. The Rangers, I have to give them some credit. The Twitter has been a lot better the last couple of weeks. I think they might have hired that new guy and things have been going well. It hasn't been great, but it's been better. I, I, it's definitely a step in the right direction. But the NHL in general does such a terrible job marketing. And I know we talk about this all the time. Yeah. But we are not in preseason yet, so that's where we still are. Yeah, I just – I don't know if they were – I don't think they were trying to actually make fun of themselves. I think they were trying to spoof – they were trying to make fun of something. I don't think they were trying to make fun of themselves. That that's the saddest part about it to me. Just it's just bad. It's it's, it's really uh, it, I just don't understand. Like, shouldn't you be promoting your stars other than Sydney and Ovechkin? Like, shouldn't those shouldn't everyone else be out there? I just don't. I don't fucking get it, man. The NHL this, this isn't this isn't the cleanest transition we've ever had, but it, it brought me to another point that I do want to talk to you about on the podcast. We and we're basically railing on things that we've railed on before, but it's worth railing on again just because it's the fact that nothing's changed and nothing's been fixed. How is it not a bigger deal? And I know we had Wierenski oh, signed today. This is good. I, 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 how is it not a bigger deal that we're a week away from training camp? And everyone is very okay that a lot of big name restricted free agents are still free agents. I hated you. Did you didn't get a lot of traction when you made this post, and I was a little surprised because I'll be honest. I hate when you make good points, and you hate when I make good ones. Sure, that's just our that's just our relationship. Absolutely. I was I was sitting at the airport waiting to fly to Vegas to be tortured at my job for the next I don't know. I'm in I'm in the third day of six twelve hour days where I wanted to die, Um, but. I was reading that, that, that tweet you made and I was like, holy shit, this is a great point. In every other sport, we're tracking like flight movements of players where, uh, Antonio Brown's literally owned everything the last week. Uh, when people aren't signed in the MLB, like you also pointed out, we are asking every day, how come they haven't signed yet? And yet we just don't give a shit why these RFAs haven't signed yet. I just can't figure out a reason why. But, but uh, also, even- and, even before the RFA point, even before the RFA point, the, right. I, it was another instance of Greg speaks it into existence with Jake Gardner. It, mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jake Gardner is the greatest free agent of all time, but for example, if Julius Randle was still a free agent in the NBA, we'd have think pieces every day about what the fuck is going on with Julius Randle? Why hasn't some team signed this guy to a contract? This guy can clearly help just about every team in the league. It seems weird that no one has signed Julius Randle. And yet we had Jake Gardner, who was it, – it, it's it's more of an indictment on the fact that there were no better unrestricted free agent defensemen than him. But probably the best, youngest, and most valuable unrestricted free agent defenseman in a market where defensemen get paid out the wazoo. And it was September, and Jake Gardner was still a free agent. And everyone was like, "That's that's cool. That's yeah, that's fine. And meanwhile, Tavares texted him today and he said he was going to miss him. He, like, obviously, he got signed for four years and the Leafs only would go two. It just doesn't make any sense of why why that would wait so long. And we just don't give a shit. 
And by the way, Gregory, and I saw a couple of people from Gotham tweet this, and namely, I think Fitz and Ethan to give them some credit. All the people that break hockey news didn't even have the signing. Like they didn't no, even know what was going to happen. The Hurricanes announced it. The Hurricanes announced the signing. Nuts. Because we have these guys in social media, like Woj in, in the NBA, uh, and Passan in, in, in baseball. And, Rosenthal uh, in baseball. Rose, and Schefter, Schefter in football. And yeah. these other guys that are supposed to be quote unquote hockey insiders wait 51 minutes. 51 minutes until Gardner signs, who was one of the bigger free agents to even report on it. That is ridiculous that, that we, we don't have a person that their whole job is to be a true hockey insider. The fact that we lack an actual hockey insider at the sport is, like, sad. Well, it really I, here's, is. Here's, here's the thing. I don't think we lack the insider. I just think, for some reason, the old hockey, the 200 hockey men have, like, all agreed that this is how we're going to operate. And I, I've noticed this recently, and I've been getting – I love Elliot Friedman. I think he's a great source of news. 31 Thoughts is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I think Elliot Friedman is wonderful at what he does. But there's a way Elliot Friedman crafts the news that he hears that actually drives me insane. And the latest, the latest example was today. He's like, you know, I don't know if Justin Falk is going to get traded. But if he were, I've heard the Ducks have been around that nibbling for a while. Any other sport, Ken Rosenthal would just be like, sources, Ducks are in on Justin Falk. Source, or <laughs> Schefter would be like, Justin Falk trade to the Ducks is imminent. Or like Woj would be like, there's some trade, paperwork trade is done. done. Happened three but, days ago. Yeah, I have papers right here. Woj, Woj's exact words would together. be like, Woj, yeah. Woj would have been talking about this story first of all nine months ago about how the Ducks had interest in Justin Falk. But it's just like one, everyone in hockey just doesn't give a shit after like July 15th. That's just like the day the entire oh, industry Gregory. goes on vacation. Another, another and they time. All agree. We'll be back in a second, baby. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to work. Welcome back. Yeah, no, this is the third time. You're back, though. Fine. We're almost at the hour mark, so that's fine. Anyway, I was just saying, it's like all of hockey Twitter, or not hockey Twitter. Yeah, hockey fucking Twitter. All, all the, all the higher-ups agreed. July 15th. After that, take six weeks off. We'll all get back later. We'll, we'll, is a handshake agreement. No one do anything reckless. No one go rogue. Blah, blah, blah. It's just fucking nuts, dude. We, oh, I just, imagine. We don't really – baseball is not the perfect – it's just we couldn't go a fucking day without someone being like, is today the day Dallas Keuchel signs? And he's not even the most important free agent that's ever hit the fucking market. It no, was not just even like, close. Actually. Dallas Keuchel can help a lot of people. Wonder why he hasn't signed yet. Mm, that's interesting. Whereas in hockey, it's just like <laughs> meaningful we have... hockey games. Meaningful hockey games are about to start. And I, I know we beat the strum all the time, but Mitch Marner's not the only RFA that hasn't fucking signed yet. There's Brandon a ton. Point, Brandon Point hasn't fucking signed yet. Brandon Point hasn't signed. Ivan yeah, Provorov yeah, hasn't signed. signed. Charlie McAvoy it's... hasn't signed. Yeah, the this McAvoy be, thing is weird. This should lead every hockey thing ever. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. Just, um, oh my god! Yeah. And it's it, dude. It's it's content that makes itself. We're we're all worried about clicks and listens in the fucking summer. All you have to do is be like Mitch Marner farted today, and fifty thousand Leafs fans would listen to it. They'd be it's like, true. was it silent but deadly? Though. What did it smell like? Did he have he asparagus did. the day before? Mac and cheese or no. Yep. Yeah, it's just like it's like they don't give a fuck about their own content. And this goes back to our point about NBC Sports. It's either well, either everyone in hockey doesn't give a fuck or people don't think it's valuable. And it, it can't be that people don't think it's valuable. We make money off it, so it's got to be fucking valuable because we're nobodies. We're literally nobodies. Literally nobodies. 
Nobody. We, we tell it all the time. We try. We're constantly trying to sell out, like all the time, and we we fail at it almost always. I, just, but, I can't fucking believe it, dude. We're we're a week away, and we started this podcast being like, I wonder if Lemieux and D'Angelo are going to sign. It's one thing to worry about those kind of guys, but fucking Braden Point, Mitch Marner, Ivan Provorov, Charlie McAvoy, seventeen other dudes whose names I can't fucking think about. And I, it might even be worth us talking about the Wierenski deal because it's fucking interesting. I, you no know part. how much I hate, you know how much I hate bridges. Bridges. You mentioned right. it. Yeah. yeah. Going over the Golden Gate Bridge, the Verrazano, you hate the Throgsnack. Yep. Uh, fun story. Uh, ex-girlfriend who, a uh, college ex-girlfriend that we've talked about on this podcast. Tara? Quite a lot. Her name is Tara. She's the love. Okay. <laughs> Not the point. <laughs> okay. Uh, her dad apparently one of the league ar- architects of the Bay Bridge. Fun fact. What? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Money loaded. Um, yeah. Well, uh, not her biological parents, may I add. And what oh, I mean by that we're is my ex- bombs on para, what, I, what I mean about that, my friends, my ex-girlfriend <laughs> okay. was adopted. And that was okay. part of the hey, reason Tara, why I love her. Sorry we just talked about your adoption. Um, uh, she's very <laughs> open about it. If I know about okay. it, everyone's got to know about it. That's uh, true. That's just how it works. Just, those are the rules. Thing. You tell me, I tell everyone. Speaking of selling out, now's our time to thank our Patreons. I just want <laughs> Well, no, uh, well, the, the, the Wierenski deal before we go, oh. before we lose the train of thought. Well, uh, why, I, don't I we, why don't we, wait, why don't we give it a greedy tease? Okay. When, right after this, you'll <laughs> learn about why Greg hates bridges. Do you ever think about becoming a Patreon? Go to patreon.com today, where you can become Patreons like our banner members, such as Brian Doyle, Tony, Tony, Tory from Manhattan, which is an OG, Thomas O'Neill, Eric Stagg, Mike Smith, Ben Weber, Billy Huff, Johnny Thundercock, which I can't say without laughing, Ben Waters, Sean Taggart are all banner members of the Blue Shift Breakaway. And if you're available this weekend, September 14th, 3 o'clock at the Gin Mill in New York City, we have seven tickets sold, I think, for our uh, 200th episode. It's 18. Uh, oh, okay. You and 18 other people, 17 other people, or 18 if you buy the ticket, um, will be joining us for a live show with us at Blue Shift Banter. We'll be getting very intoxicated during the live show. It should be fun. It's our 200th episode. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So hopefully if you're available, you can come you can come hang out. If not, the podcast will be up next week. Listen to us uh, do a show with them. All right. Now why Greg hates Bridges. Transition to that. Hey, Greg, why do you hate Bridges? Hey, buddy. Uh, hey, buddy. No, no, no. I was going to say, I, you know how much I hate Bridge deals, which is a running gag on this podcast. I fucking hate them. They're terrible. Pavel Buchnevich. Fuck you. Our dad. Yes. First time I've ever said that. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> any, anyway, the, the Wierenski Bridge is as close to perfect as a bridge as you can get from a team perspective. Because it's, it, it's three years, it's at a pretty decent fixed rate, and you still have the year of control before free agency where you can work out the contract. The long-term, lucrative extension with him, if you want. That's all I'm saying. A perfect it, bridge deal. As as close to perfect a bridge deal as you can get. Let's uh, I still hate sort it. of – we're not going to end the podcast just yet because I still believe we have some time to fill here. But Well, well we haven't even talked about the Mets yet, baby. Oh, sorry, bud. Let's end on, let's talk about one more or two more Ranger things. Man, Capococco. I am so fucking pumped up. I'm just so excited to have him in my life. And Kraftstov, the Kako is just something I can't wait to say for the next 20 years. I just wanted to get back to that for a second. Just excited. You really uh, think they're going to play 20 years together? No, I think they'll play 10. At what, at what point in the Capococco Rangers tenure does the podcast stop existing? Six? Six Jesus years? Christ, six more years? I think so. I think we'll make it to ten years, and um, I think I think we'll die. Uh, something will happen. I don't know if I'll make it six years. Six years is a long time. Kill it. Let's just that's twenty twenty five. 
If we win the cup, we can end the show. If the Mets... <laughs> no! No! <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Not happening. I'll when, do the show without when, you. When, when did the Bobby Bonilla <laughs> payment end? When, when does that 20, end? Is that 2025? I think it's 2031, isn't it? Oh, my fucking Christ. I, think, I legit think it is 31. I'm not I'm not kidding. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what what happens first? We get a ranger on the podcast or the Mets stop paying Bobby Bonilla? Okay, so I've been thinking about this. Tell me what you think. I, this is a terrible idea. You thinking about Bobby Bonilla? I have been. And messaging him. No, that's not what I have been. Um, you should be. He makes a million dollars a year. Good for him, man. Uh, Artemi Panarin is very available on social media. It seems very reachable. Yeah. He's not coming on the podcast, right? I got bad news for you. I know. Did, but I, you shoot or shoot, right? You take your shot? I haven't I mean, tried. Yeah, sure. Sure. I might I'll, try. I'll, I'll, I'll slide into his DMs tomorrow. But I just, I might... I, I just want to remind you again. We know for a fact he's not coming on the podcast. He's been pretty on, on social media. He's done a lot of like anti, like not anti, but things MSG wouldn't let normal people get away with. Yeah, but Artemi Panarin's not a normal person. No, he's a he's really good. He's really really good. Super excited to watch him play hockey. Um, I wanted to talk about Promen's rankings real quick, and just uh, if you were an athletic subscriber, which is not a support guy, a podcast supporter again just yet, uh, maybe they will be, maybe they won't. The prominent rankings were very strange because if you really want to get a, a strong opinion about them, you can go to our dear friend Drew Way uh, on Twitter at Drew's underscore Way. He'll tell you all about how he feels, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to call you out, Drew. But the rankings in general were pretty weird. And it kind of felt like even though we were number one, Promen didn't really have a good grasp on what our farm system exactly is. Um, right. This is – I mean, this isn't – this is another weird caveat with – how people evaluate hockey prospects. It's it's very clear and it's not a new critique or criticism or whatever you want to call it. Pronman is very North American biased. I don't, heavy, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if bias is the right word. He clearly watches more North American players than he does the European players, right? So it's, well, it's absolutely. Like, I mean, he had Ryan Gropp like ridiculously high, and that's a and he had Niels really, Lundqvist really low. Which uh, Niels is from every report I've read and every Everybody at trust that's a prospect expert or quote unquote expert, people that are really into prospects, has Niels like very high on their list, possibly better than Keandre Miller, some of them. Yeah, I, 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 going into Pronman's rankings, I think it was pretty universal that Lundquist was no worse than somewhere in the top five in Rangers' rankings. Uh, and it, everyone was angry about Niels. I mean, I, I thought it was more just damning that Igor Rykov was so low. Because even if even if you want to be negative about where you think Rykov's long-term game ends up, it's pretty clear that he's going to have a moment in the NHL. He's going to become an NHLer. Whether he's a good NHLer, an average NHLer, or a replacement-level NHLer is an argument for another day. But there is inherent value in identifying a young player who will play hockey in the National Hockey League, right? Like, it, it's, it, it, we, again, we compare everything to our baseball rankings because that's what you and I know best. But there isn't a guy who you know can exist as a fourth outfielder has a higher baseline value than a guy who might be able to be a starter, but also might not ever see the light of day in the major leagues. We know Rykov is a, is a National 
hockey league player. He's going to have an NHL career, which is more than we can say about Joey Keane, which is even, and I, I know there are guys that love Tarmo Rayonen, but it's more than we can say about him too. Rykov That's true. In the NHL. That's true. You're right. So the it's baseline, just, the baseline value. For I, I'm Rykov, very happy so, to be ranked everywhere. Number one, it feels yeah. weird. Uh, I'm not used to being in the situation where it's like my team is doing the right thing and everyone is like, yeah, actually that team's doing the right thing. That feels quite strange to me. Uh, but when you get to the nitty gritty on the prominent rankings, they're a little questionable, even though I'm not a prospect expert. Just some people I trust have told me that. So if you're out there thinking like, is this all right? I'm not sure Promin, I'm, Promin has good sources. He's obviously is one of the best in the game, uh, at, at prospect ranking and at evaluating in general, but just there was something off about the Ranger rankings I wasn't too satisfied with. And if you were listening to us to hear about the New York Rangers, we're done with that. Hail Kapokako, praise be. It's been an amazing time uh, following him. I'm so pumped for the preseason. I'll be going to the Devils uh, Ranger game next Wednesday, the 18th. If anyone wants to hang out, text me. Text me. Tweet me. Don't text me. Tweet at me. Uh, I'll be there. I'll say hello if you're, if you're there. And uh, come to our live show. Now, Gregory, talk about the New York Mets. Mickey Calloway, huh? Great, great manager. I, I went on a mini rant today that I think got buried. How do we live in, how do we live in, how do we live, how do we live in New York City? One of the most proud cities sports wise in the history of United States professional sports. How do we live in this city where David Quinn is probably, not even probably, he's more than likely in the top three coaching talents that the city has to offer. And we don't even know what the fuck David Quinn is. We don't. How did this happen? Like, he's been one year, like, okay, I don't like Boone, right? I really don't. Uh, But it's hard to argue with the results he's gotten as the Yankee manager this year, right? Like, just 25 IR, IR people, like, just hard. So he has to be in the top three. Okay, cool. Got that done. I don't think I don't think he does because I think he's I earned think, it. I'm going to give him the credit. I think on Aaron that. Boone is a good Aaron Boone is a good like character guy, right? But I don't think Aaron Boone has had to manage a ball game this season. What is it? What did Aaron Boone have? He had, to, he's had to manage a really banged up roster. Like I'm going to give him some credit. He's really got. Is, is he managing had, it, or is or is Brian Cashman just the ultimate architect when it comes to identifying underused talent? Well, Cashman is a, is really quite good at his job. It's hard to, but I, I it it has to he has to get some credit for that. The only he definitely the, is the top the, three manager in New York. For sure. I don't think so. The only two guys I put ahead of uh, Quinn, I, I had Boone fourth, so I guess I can't necessarily say definitely no. But okay. Kenny Atkinson in the Nets, Barry Trotz in the Islanders. That's it. Those guys are clearly the top two. I would Everybody have else? I'd have Quinn fourth. That's it. But I fine. Even then, but even then, we both admit that you and I have said on this podcast multiple times that everything Quinn did last year kind of didn't matter. This is going to be the year we start to finally understand what David Quinn is like as a game-to-game coach. And we live in a world where that alone is good enough to be top four in a city that has eight teams. The, the Mets, the Mets have a fucking fifth grader running their team who has never watched baseball before. In his Let's not even life. start with the Jets and Giants. That's a fucking the, well, the Jets, the Jets, I, I actually feel bad for Pat Shermer. I like, I don't know if Pat Shermer 
one of these two things is true, right? And there's a chance that both are true, but one of them for sure. Either Pat Shermer's a fucking moron or he's hamstrung by management. Now, there is a chance that he's a fucking moron hamstrung by management, but at least one of those two things is true, right? Because it could be Gettleman telling him to play Manning or it could be Shermer thinking Manning deserves to play or it could be both, but it has to be at least one of those two things. And then you look, you look at the Knicks, and as, as often as we talk to our Knicks boys over at the Knicks wall, we know p- players like playing for David Fisdale, but we don't actually know if Fisdale is a good coach. Yeah, we don't know. Like, LeBron's endorsed him, but I think that's really as far as that has gone. And at the same time, do you really coach LeBron, or do you just no. be LeBron's friend, right? You just got to be just, LeBron's, like, bro. Like, you just got to be his bro, because LeBron can do everything else himself. Um, and then... Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's fucking weird that this once proud city doesn't really have, like, there's no, even the problems we had with Joe Torrey. There's no Joe Torrey. There's no Joe Girardi. There's, uh, there's no Larry Brown. Oh, I mean, I don't want to say Larry Brown. He's a fucking train wreck. But there's no, like, <laughs> there's no Pat Riley from back in the day. Right. There's no, there's nothing football wise. A town that had, both teams had Bill Parcells. Both of them. And I, I, I like Tom Coughlin. He did a good job, man. He really did. I mean, again, Coughlin's a guy that you, there are obvious holes to what he does, but he kind of knows what he's doing. It's just, it's incredible that half of the teams that play in New York are coached by morons. And we, we're seemingly okay with it. I don't even know if we're okay with it. Maybe, I have a theory about Adam Gase. And, and, and it came, it came to me on my drive home from work today. And he's I'm a ghost. Sorry, no, he's just a fucking psychopath. Okay. But I'm starting to think, so the Jets hired, I don't know what his name is, but they hired the Eagles big bad to basically run their football operations henceforth, right? And yep. he's already he's already done things like um, let go of this year's draft picks by McKagan. He's let go of scouts. Do you think he just told Gase straight up, he's like, congratulations, you're going to be the coach this year. I don't want to fire a coach on the eve of the season. I'm stuck with you, but after this season, you're fucked. Get the fuck out. Do you think there's a possibility he's already told Gase that? There's a non-zero chance that happened. Right. Like, because Gase yeah. is saying some crazy shit that otherwise hey, would probably I've get a been, I've been quite busy, so if you could let me know what Gase said, even like anything, or just uh, paraphrase. The, the, big, the big line today was uh, someone asked specifically whether Ty Montgomery, who I think only played five snaps. I like Ty Montgomery, by the way. Uh, so do I. I. I think I drafted him this year in our dynasty league. Very uh, nice. Didn't didn't add him to my roster, but I drafted him. That's all. That oh, nice, cool. All right. Um, but I think the exact line Gay said was, "I'm not sure." That's the great thing about being the head coach. I get to make all the decisions. Oh, and cool. But that's the paraphrased version of. It. I don't think it was those exact words. I think the way he said it was actually worse, if that's mm. humanly possible. And then a, that wasn't good in, in the first place. Cause if I'm there a fighter, are, there I'm are other, like, there are other examples of stuff asked Gase, um, that were just highly questionable. One of them, it sounded like he was throwing Sam Darnold under the bus. Another one was specifically cause the Jets kicker sucked ass this year. And I don't know if you know this, but former Marist college great Jason Myers, who was a pro bowler last year was the Jets kicker last year. And they asked him like, do you miss Jason Myers? And he's like, you know, I honestly don't remember. And they're like, what do you mean? You don't remember not signing a Pro Bowl? He's like, maybe I do, maybe I don't. And it's just like, it's like <laughs> okay. It's like, here's here's the thing, Adam Gase. You're clearly new here. Uh, the New York media, as shitty as it can be, it's undefeated. If you piss them off, 
you're out. It, it, it's only a matter of time. That's why Mickey Calloway is going to go soon. It's, it's why the fact that Mickey Calloway has a job and Dombrowski got fired from the Red Sox is a goddamn crime. I just oh, don't understand. That's because, that's because Mets management is a fucking, it's, it's a gong show. The dude you, won a you, World Series saw, last year, dude. You saw the fucking story today with, you saw the story today with the Mets, right? With Syndergaard? I, I, I've been working 12 hours for the past, like, oh, oh, this will be like fun. Seven I, get a, I get to break news to you then. Yes, you so, do. I, I uh, know nothing outside of Capococco. I know nothing. This is great. This is going to be fun for me. I've never been more excited to podcast with you. Joel okay. Sherman, uh, Joel Sherman had a column today about how Noah Syndergaard blew up at Callaway and Van Wagenen because he's tired of pitching to Wilson Ramos. He doesn't want to pitch to Wilson Ramos. He thinks he's worse pitching to Wilson Ramos. And, okay. uh, it, it gets, it gets better, Ryan, because Van Wagenen told Syndergaard that this is, he has to do it. The Mets are a better team with Ramos in the everyday lineup. Uh, Ramos is his signing. This is a piece the Mets need to win ball games on a daily basis. That's at the top of the article. Joel Sherman, smart as fuck as he is, then quickly says, Brody Van Wagenen, the same guy who told Jacob DeGrom in 2018 to force the Mets to have Devin Mesoraco be his personal catcher because he was more comfortable pitching to Devin Mesoraco than any other Met catcher, is the same guy telling Noah Syndergaard he can't have a personal catcher. Uh, oh, by the way, Ryan, I don't know. That's the noise I made also this. today. Yeah. Ryan, do you remember this? You remember who Noah Syndergaard's agent was before the 2019 season? Wait, is it the GM? It's GM Brody Van Wagenen. The Mets are a fucking uh, gong show. Uh, Syndergaard's getting traded. I, I, I'm already angry about the shitty return the Mets are getting for Noah Syndergaard. And, uh, I hate everything. I think the only thing that, the only thing, Ryan, that can make me happy is Van Wagenen gets fired somehow? That we bring in Chaim Bloom and, and hire Joe McEwing. Did you die on me? Yeah, I'm back now though. Oh hey, hey buddy, how yeah, are you? We're gonna end the podcast in a minute, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me. Chaim Bloom, Joe McEwing. That's uh, that's yeah. my ticket for 2020. I could have guessed that actually. Pretty funny. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast this week, guys. I know the quality was a little bit less than usual. Uh, my apologies. I am, uh, thank the Wi-Fi at the Westgate and for them not having a room with an Ethernet cord that works. Um, love you guys. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Orion Mead and Greg is at Blue Shirts Break. If you are available this weekend in Manhattan, come hang out with us, please. Uh, at the gym mill at three o'clock. It's, it's literally, uh, my, my pin tweet on at Orion Mead. You can buy tickets there. Uh, and we'll see you guys there. We'll see you guys next week. Love you. 200th episode. Bye.